0: You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource.
1: Podcast land can be full of real estate experts or people and companies trying to promote themselves. And for a new investor, it can be a little overwhelming and sometimes feel like, where do I start? Well, today's guest is starting out, and we're going to do sort of a live coaching session here on The Real Wealth Show. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome. Kyle Parker is an engineer by trade, but in the last year, he's been going down the rabbit hole of real estate and business ownership after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He has since invested in a handful of syndications, but is looking to accelerate his non-W2 income so that he can be job optional sooner than later. And he's here to tell us what he's got planned and maybe how I can help him. Welcome, Kyle. Great to have you here.
0: Yeah, Kathy. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you.
1: So you are just starting your real estate investing journey, correct?
0: That is correct.
1: Yeah. Okay. So tell me, what are yeah. you currently doing for income? Uh,
0: well, currently, both me and my wife still work um, at our full-time jobs. We're both engineers here in Houston, Texas. Um, outside of that, um, I've been investing in syndications so far, um, and then also investigating really any other means to get both passive income, and then I'm also looking at... Um, of a more active role in other opportunities such as quads or uh, a small uh, multi units or even small businesses. So really just going down um, what's gonna be best for uh, me and our, our family.
1: Sure. Uh, so how are you going about doing that deciding what to invest in and and, and how to do that on the side if you have, you know, full time jobs?
0: Yes. Yeah, so right now what I'm wrestling with is the best place I should put my money. There's so many good um, opportunities. And then also listening to your show, y'all talk about so many different markets. So what I'm trying to focus on is which market I should be in. And then also what works best for um, both mine and my wife's uh, risk profile. My wife is more risk averse. So I try to make sure that any investment we do do, um, I know that she will be okay with. Um, But yeah, we have two young kids at eight and five. So Uh, right now being passive is also a very important uh, part of it
1: yeah so tell me about those conversations with your wife and how you've come to an agreement i mean you know how are you able to move forward when you have different you know different opinions
0: yeah for the most part she trusts uh my research and everything i've done and the people i talk to um but you know Despite not doing uh, a whole lot of research on her end, because um, it's just not something that interests her as much, uh, she does ask really good questions. Uh, she's incredibly incredibly bright. And so it is nice to have her just um, ask questions and then I'm like, oh, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way. And then um, mm. we either go forward or don't or think differently about the next one. So it's been really nice to have her in my corner.
1: Do you sit down like with weekly financial meetings or when when do those conversations happen? It uh,
0: usually yeah. happens more whenever we 're about to invest in a deal um, mm-hmm. and then we don 't have official meetings, but then we 're just kind of always talking about our finances and as far as uh, you know keeping track of expenses and stuff like that
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean when you the way you talk about it, it makes it sound so simple as hey we we sit down and talk about it. She asks questions. I give her my research. We decide together. Um, you know, this is a, a hard thing for a lot of couples to even just mm-hmm. talk about finances. Yeah. It sounds like you've kind of, you've, you've worked through that.
0: Yeah. We've, well, we've both been blessed. We both have good jobs, both work, uh, really hard, but, um, yeah, she's just, uh, very trusting. And, um, she knows I put in the homework. Um, and then I try to okay. back it up with what I, what I investigate with and the people I've talked to. So, um, so far it's been a yeah. good relationship financially.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a great tip for people. If you really want your spouse to be on board with the, with the plan, make sure they have all the information, Right. make sure they've got the data, you know, you don't know, just say, Hey, I want to buy this property. And you know, that, that would cause great concern. But if you, I assume you're, you're showing her spreadsheets and data right. research and yeah, all that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I just like, um, uh, I don't want any GPs to hide anything from me. Um, I do my best to lay it out for her and concerns that I might have, but how I think they might be mitigated by, um, the syndication group. So,
1: yeah. So right now you've been, um, investing in apartment syndications or
0: some of the apartments, um, some car washes, a uh, hotel, mm. um, so kind of a wide variety of um, different asset classes.
1: And how's that gone so far?
0: Uh, so far so good. Um, like I said, I'm still new on my real estate journey. It wasn't until about a year ago, um, when we were actually skiing and we were staying at a friend of a friend's kind of thing. And, uh, it was a really nice house on the mountain. And I was like, how does, uh, Mitt Romney and Donald Trump not pay taxes? How are they, cru- why are they crucified? You know, every four years, how do they do that? And so that really took me down the rabbit hole. And then I read, um uh, rich dad, rich dad, poor dad much later than I would have liked to, uh, and that's just kind of snowballed since then. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you have two high income earning employees Mm -hmm. in a family, the, the taxes can, uh, really, wow, they can be rough when you don't have a lot of write-offs. Uh, so what is your plan then? Would you say that's your most important, um, objective right now is to cut taxes
0: yeah, that's the next thing I'm looking at. Um, you know, as a W two employee, um, both me and my wife, there's not a whole lot of options. So I'm I'm definitely going down the rabbit hole, of reading Tom Wheelwright's books and trying to find the best avenues for, um, you know, thinking of the government as a partner and looking for those tax savings versus, uh, you know, trying to find a loophole or anything like that. So. I'm doing everything I can to find the right path. Um, but it, from everything I've found, it's either through real estate or business ownership. That's the only two avenues where mm-hmm. I can find um, yeah. a lot of savings. So,
1: And if you're an employee, that kind of leaves real estate, right? Right. And if you're planning on leaving and starting your own business or being a contractor, right. which can be difficult. Okay, so number one objective, uh, first objective, is reducing taxes. Uh, Were you able to take advantage of some of the bonus depreciation and and tax benefits of 2022?
0: Yes, we will be able to. Almost on, on, I think, all the assets um, that we're invested in will have some bonus depreciation for um, this year.
1: Fantastic. Good for you. Well, that's a big step in the right direction. So what would you say uh, you would like to create in 2023? Like, Let's just say that we're talking a year from now. What would you Mm -hmm. be proud that you did uh, over 2023?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would definitely like to just have exponentially more knowledge. Um, I feel like I'm just getting started. So um, looking into different um, local uh, RIA meetups and uh, trying to just get more people around me that also have similar interests, but are also a little bit ahead of me so that I can learn from them, um, like really jumpstart that growth. Um, those are probably the main things i I really want to focus on. I know, um, the passive income will come as I learn more and invest more, but those are probably the two most important things I'd really like to focus on.
1: Okay. So education, um, uh, on what specifically
0: probably where they're seeing the best opportunities where other people have, um, had the best um not luck um but just the best success um both locally and then also um, in other markets as well. So Houston's a good market, but I know there's other markets as well.
1: Okay, for for you uh owning your own portfolio. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Um just continuing to invest, whether it's through syndications, um uh, you know, just by talking about it, I met a guy at a soccer practice with my boy. Um he he buys land and develops. And so we've uh, been looking or he's been looking at and we've talked about um, investing together and doing that. So just, you know, that's one of the things, just, you know, making more connections and looking, having more opportunities, more shots on goal.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that might include, um, you know, talking to more people, maybe going Mm -hmm. to more, more meetings or uh, investor events.
0: Right. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, what have you seen that's really uh, kind of caught your attention of what you would pot- potentially be investing in in 2023? Would it be more of the same or something different?
0: Um, I think right now we're going to continue on the passive role. Um, I think in the future, maybe as some of those syndications roll off, and I um, start to get a um, feed a little bit more under me on this um, new real estate business um, ownership role. Um, I'd like to, you know, being able to focus on small um, apartment complexes that um, not are centrally located. So that way, you know, I'm focusing on all my units are in the same place, basically is what I'm trying to say, um, and not mm-hmm. run around town. So um really looking for any kind of uh, cost savings, I guess I can, and just trying to still keep my time my own, um, and also so I can keep going to my kids' soccer games and Mm-hmm. That. so time's really yeah. right now
1: so in addition to um reducing taxes is are you both happy at your jobs, or do one of you want to um uh, you know stop working
0: yeah, that's been probably one of the more trying parts is we both really like our job um mm-hmm. We both are really good. That's that's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. Uh, It's a a good problem. Um, We both really enjoy it. But, um, you know, you see so much tax go out the door every year. I know that we have to just uh, continue to fight fight that via um, investing, whether it's real estate or businesses. So that's just the path we're going down, just trying to continue to reduce that number while increasing our income as well.
1: Yeah. You're what we call a Henry at, uh, at real wealth. Have you heard that term? I have not. It's a high earner, um, not rich yet. Now I certainly don't know your situation, but you know, when you, when you earn, when you're a high earner, so much of that money does go to taxes and the rest goes to life, you know? And so how do you, um, you know, how do you set aside money for investment?
0: Yeah. So both my, me and my wife love to travel. So we're introducing our kids to that. Um, you know, um, our family went to three different countries this year, so we have different things we like to do. Um, so one's traveling, the other's, um, investing, um, you know, we just try to keep a close eye on our expenses and, uh, plan for the future. Um, we almost have all of 2023's vacations plans. So from there, um, anything that's the excess of that is going to be, um, towards savings. And we're also still, you know, doing our other savings, but then this is kind of like on top of that. Um, so yeah, we do our best to plan for all life events.
1: Okay. I mean, do you set aside like 10% of your income for investing or, you know, how, what's the process that you use?
0: Um, Right now we're probably closer to the, in the, 30 to 40 percent um wow yeah
1: that's incredible and, and so you stick with a pretty tight budget
0: and then yeah you know, invest- we have pretty tight budgets i mean we've been blessed i mean you know we have minimal debt so um that's just been one that like i said my wife's risk averse so having minimizing debt's been one of her passions so i help with that but then on the other side we really like to travel and save and I like to invest. So it's kind of, uh, been a good marriage, um, uh, as far as uh, yeah. us all liking the same things and different things. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I love what you're saying is that you, it's almost like a very disciplined life of, uh, living within your means, but also living a great life. You know, that's, there's a balancing act there, right? So how do you determine how much you can spend on having that great life versus, you know, what you would put aside for investing?
0: Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, we really treat vacations just kind of as they come. Um, you know, my wife rides horses and her group is going to Ireland to ride horses. And so as a spouse, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with her. And so that's just something that's kind of popped up. So we're going to go on. Um, but, you know, kids are only so small, so we're trying to do fun things like the Disney while the magic's still there. And then as they get older, mm-hmm. more, more maybe like hiking trips or something else that they might enjoy a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're just trying not to let life pa- pass us by. Um, we'd definitely rather die with an average amount of money, but have lived life versus uh, just dying with a stack of money and having lived in our home and just hoarded it all our lives. So that's kind of our general thesis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love that life does go quickly and there's no guarantees how long we'll be here.
0: Yeah. I mean, your, your husband, I heard him on multiple podcasts before I, uh, found real wealth. I mean, his story really struck me. Um, my wife, um, has an uncle who has MS. Um, and it was just one day he went for a jog and tripped and then went to the doctor and was diagnosed. And now he's, wheelchair bound um you knows so i think about him a lot whenever i think about how quick life can change on you so we try not to, to really take anything for granted and say oh we'll do that vacation next year or something like that yeah. so we've been blessed with the financial means to take vacations and save and invest so we're trying to um, do it to the best of our ability today
1: yeah i love that rich was forever changed obviously when um uh with that diagnosis and the doctor looking at him and saying, you have six months to live. And it was very, uh, it, w- it was a pivotal moment for us because he actually, after, after the shock of it, he just was like, you know what? I'm so glad I lived. Mm-hmm. It, it was something I'll never forget. He just like, I feel complete. Obviously he wanted to keep living. Oh, he had a two year old child. He wanted Great. to watch her grow up. And, and he has, she's, you know, 23 now. Um, But at the time, you know, he, he felt like I've, I don't have regrets. And and in his book, extreme success, one of the things that he did when we first met is he would always take Fridays off. He's like, if you can get to, if you can not get, and this is as a self-employed person, but he thought if you can't get your job done in four days, then maybe you're just not being effective enough. And I don't know if that's always true. And certainly not with a startup, right. but, um, you know, he would commit to Fridays going out, rock climbing with the guys, you know, going skiing, you know, living, taking, like you said, taking the kids somewhere fun when they're little and, and, uh, you know, those, those years passed so quickly. Uh, and, and because of that, he really did feel fulfilled. Like, you know, if he, if, if God were to take him, um, he would be at peace with that.
0: Right. Yeah, no, his story was great. I mean, it really hit me on multiple levels. He was, I think he was probably the first person I really heard talk about wealth being measured in something other than dollars. Um, mm-hmm. so that really hit home with me. So that's something I... I try to remember each day and make sure I'm working for the right reasons, but also taking that time off.
1: Sometimes. Yeah, love that. And, you know, sometimes we just need to write down that bucket list and otherwise, you know, time passes and, and maybe we never get to it. Like for me personally, my bucket list was to take my dad on a an Alaskan cruise. He always wanted to do that. And he passed before before I was able to make that happen. So, yeah, just don't wait do those things that matter most. Cause in the end, really what matters most, <laughs> it's not the money right. in the bank.
0: <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah. It's the,
1: it's the memories in the bank, in the memory bank. Okay. Well, what would be some advice you would give to people who are, you know, starting out and in investing or, you know, what are some of the things you've learned over, over the years that you've been doing this?
0: Um, man, if I had to pass on anything, one of the things I'm working on is I, I, uh, pass on the rich dad, poor dad to my cousins and people younger than me. Um, That's what I would want if I were um, 22, is to kind of have that knowledge and kind of have something to work towards as a younger individual. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would pass on just learning as much as you can, but also acting. Um, Both of those things are important. Risk is usually when you don't know what you're doing. Um, So... By learning, I've tried to mitigate the risks, so I'm not just investing blindly. But I uh, would just learn, talk to people, uh, listen to podcasts like yours, um, and just continue to learn and but also take action. That's the
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of people just sit there and learn, but um,
1: yeah, yeah. i afraid I we have a a close friend who's been like that uh, has known for since the beginning, and ha- he hasn't invested yet. So hopefully that will change. Um, okay. Well, and, and with totally passive syndications, you know, investments in somebody else's deal, Mm. how do you research that? Because, you know, that's a, it's a big packet, right? You know, you're, you're trying to, you know, underwrite or analyze a, whatever is the things you were, you were saying you're investing in. If you Mm. haven't done that before, how are you supposed to vet it?
0: Yeah. So I've researched all the syndications, um, both from getting People to contact from them, and also just being online and um, researching myself. Um, the next thing I do is I look at the different markets that I'm looking at investing in. Um, you know, once read as a good market is like rowing a boat downstream. Um, so at least you know that makes it a little bit easier on their part. So even if maybe the project turns out to be okay, you still have the market kind of carrying you. So um, I need to fall back on the market, but um, it's a good tailwind to have also just through again doing research i mean the housing market is just so undersupplied and i think it will be for years to come so um you know i do, i also invest in stocks and i do the same thing with stocks looking at what's some of the different things that are um have some bull tendencies in the next years to come um so yeah just research investigation
1: mm-hmm. Very good. All right, Kyle. Well, I know our team was excited to have you on the show. They're like, oh, you got to talk to this guy. He's he's uh, a very interesting and perfect example of, um, you know, just someone at your age trying to figure out how to balance it all. Kind of like Rich wrote in his book, The Wise Investor, building right. that career, but also wanting to invest in family and children and health. Uh, it's a balancing act, but it sounds like you're, you're, you're uh, doing a great job at it.
0: Yeah, I
1: try my best. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. It's been great to have you. Thank you, Kathy. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you're interested in one of our most recent syndications, just go to growdevelopment.com. That's our single family rental fund in North Texas, where the deals are unbelievable and we are being very aggressive with very little competition. An example of one of our most recent acquisitions was a $120,000 home needs about twenty dollars to $30,000 in renovation, and the ARV is about 220000 And this is right by where there's massive, massive job growth in the area. So again, if you want to find out how to invest completely passively, like Kyle was talking about, just go to growdevelopments.com. And if you want to build your own portfolio with some assistance and help and lots of free education, investment counselors, and information on best markets and referrals to teams in those markets who've worked with Real Wealth members for years to help them build their portfolios. Just go to realwealthshow.com. I'm Kathy Becky, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.